0: With me today is our own pianist-in-residence, Sam Page. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And, and Sam, I thought you might be interested in something because, uh, I mean, you you are our pianist-in-residence. You really are, right? Oh. Um, so, so I mean, I, no, I don't think anybody can challenge you for that title. Um, but as you know, I've got my keyboard and I've been practicing stuff and I've been trying to you know, create little arrangements of, Not anything. Well, actually, I do have one tune of my own that I'm working on. I can't Shannon. you you, you have to understand Sam is somebody who can just sit at the keyboard and music flows out of his fingers. He doesn't plan it. It's all purely improvised and it's gorgeous. Oh, my favorite kind. So so that's like the standard that I'm trying to reach for. I'm nowhere near that standard. (laughs) I'm trying to see, can I create something that sounds good and has some nice chording and so forth? Um, you can do but, it. Uh, I but believe. Uh, I just wanted to let you know I'm, I'm working on stuff like that. And I actually have a little tune I put together. I'm trying to turn it into oh. an arrangement. So I don't know when. At some point I'm going to bring it onto the show and dare to play it for you. And hopefully you'll like it.
1: <laughs> I look forward to hearing this because I know you've been playing. and I, It sounds like you've been working at it. So I definitely look forward to hearing it. I've like
0: been my- working. I mean, it's I, I got this for play. Oh, I mean, that, Shannon, okay. my background is when I was a kid, I took like six, mm-hmm. seven years of piano lessons and then I stopped oh, wow. playing. I just wow. stopped. I, I hadn't played until this past uh, Christmas when my brother gave me an electronic keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, OK, let's start doing this again. And so mm-hmm. I've really only been playing about, what, nine and a half, ten 10 months, something like that. But I have the background that helps a bit. So yeah. I'm like a intermediate beginner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I song. love
2: that. I love that. I definitely got down on the keyboard whenever I was a kid, but yeah, I haven't yeah. picked it back
0: up. Yeah, it, it, You oh. have to stay with it. It's true. Yeah. And, and when I was in my teens, I picked up the guitar and I was playing rock and roll and so forth. So I did have Ooh. that musical background, too.
1: That um, is cool. I never played guitar, but I respect those who do. I always say it's <laughs> wow.
0: Well, it's one of those. Well, you should know this. Yeah, I mean, as a pianist. Knowing the piano, the, the piano basically teaches you how scales work, how chording works, all that kind of thing, which really translate easily when you're learning guitar.
1: You I would know? think so. Yeah,
0: yeah it, it really mm-hmm. does because I'm, well, I'm, the chords are all in just one position or two or three positions. Um, right. But, um, it, just knowing how the musical theory works makes it really easy mm-hmm. to pick up the guitar. Yeah, yeah for sure, for so, sure. So I'm sure, I'm sure you could actually pick up a guitar and probably be playing a really good tune in about a week. Not a bad idea. Maybe I should try it. Yeah, <laughs> give it a shot sometime, right? Yeah, so. and we do have a guest joining us today. Her name is Shannon Renee, and uh, as so many people coming onto the show uh, have, she she has her own crash and burn story, Um and it has its own unique twists and turns to it including what she turned it into, which is also kind of an interesting, unique set of twists and turns. Um, but as listeners know, I'm usually the one who screws up the uh, the, the storyline. So I'm going to turn it over to Shannon and let her tell her own story. Shannon, hi. Welcome hi. to the show. How are you doing?
2: Thank you. I'm feeling amazing and excited to be here. I love the energy so far.
0: Well, that's what we like. We, we want the energy to be good all the time, higher and yeah. higher, yeah. right? That's the goal. <laughs> so, so, the so, goal. So, give us, so give us like the the two minute you know, potted biography, so to speak, autobiography. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yes. Wow. Two minutes. <laughs> well,
0: well, go with a minute. If you like, go for five I and mean, whichever works best. Take as many know. minutes as you need. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think I, I think I can get it down. So, you know, I, where I'm at now is I, like it, like it says, I help people live all out, lit up and deeply, con- deeply connected. And really the reason that I got there is I was feeling a lack of vitality, complete disconnect and just constantly in a battle with myself versus who I really wanted to be. And that really, you know, came out specifically in my marriage. I've been um, married since 2006, Mm -hmm. um, best friends with um, my husband a few years before that. And we had a lot of journey. And then whenever we had my daughter, um, of course, I started to unpack why am I the way that I am? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up for her? Mm-hmm. And it that's in addition to just the nature of adding another being to a relationship, really exposed cracks in our relationship and also really within myself and how I was bringing certain energetics and certain expectations and ideas to the relationship and similarly with him. And that led me down a path of self-discovery. I read a ton of books. I spent a lot of years in analyzation. I need to learn more, learn more tools, learn more understanding and why. And then that led me down a path of discovery. We'll call it, you know, the universe guiding me to find Layla Martin, who I did mm. um, her Vita coaching certification, which is highly oh. based in The wisdom of Tantra and sexuality combined with the science of behavior change, which my background is in behavior change. I've been a a personal trainer and coach for a number of years Uh, okay. and also found that no matter what behavior change tools I use, no matter how, you know, to the core we got with somebody's desire to change their why and the smallest incremental changes, there was always something else, right? Something else that we weren't accessing. And through this certification, I really discovered bringing in the, the somatic experience, mm-hmm. um, going from just thinking about it and action into integrating the entire body, um, bringing uh, a, re- a reclamation of sorts of reconnecting with uh, sex as an energy source that is not just what we see in marketing mm-hmm. um, and in media. Even though that could be fun, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> and um that that became such a healing experience. And then, you know, I think the the culmination was a, an extreme shift in how I was showing up radically and my relationship in ownership of what I wanted it to be and letting go of expectations. Not that I didn't need my partner to show up, right? He still has well, to I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just being able to let go of all of that pressure that I was really putting on him to know, you know, things that he wouldn't necessarily know. Um, and then that led me down a road of, of having my son and I was able to have an ecstatic birth with him at home, basically mm-hmm. free birthed. And so it was like this whole culmination of being completely shut down, completely out of touch with my body, myself, um, into this kind of full experience and, yeah. you know, so I've been able to to take that in serving all of the nuances um, sometimes I work with people around sex sometimes it has nothing to do with that. It's really just the central nervous system conditioning and and things like that that we work with. but that's a bit about about how I got to where I am and yeah. uh, just insight into to what I do with it now
0: and and it does make sense I mean because you're right the, the the sex is kind of like a a, a little piece of the larger. Uh, systemic puzzle. Mm. And, and that's really what you're, it sounds like you're dealing with is, is the, the system, the, the, the human system, so yes. to speak. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And of course, uh, what you described in your story, I'm sure is very familiar to anyone who's been in any kind of relationship, married or otherwise, um, mm-hmm. where you, you, you run into some sort of crisis. And then, uh, after you get past the finger pointing and so forth, you realize, oh, we both have issues going on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the theme, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, what I, what I find is, you know, my passion is really serving, you know, those that are in long term re- relationships or or parents and specifically men. Um, But really, just because that's what's near, near and dear to my heart based on mm-hmm. what I know best and, and what I feel sure. called to. But really, I find that it is totally normal to find that in a relationship. But ultimately, even if you're not in a relationship, it ultimately comes down to a relationship with self. Yes. And... And attuning to, you know, who you really are, why you are the way that you are, responding to all the things around you. It's, you know, it's taken me down a beautiful, deeper journey of, we, I think we all do, right? I, I laugh and I, I look at philosophers and poets from like years and years and years back. And like, we're all on the same ride. and We're just experiencing it in different timelines. So
0: pretty much. Um,
2: yes. Yes. It is normal. You do have to get past the finger pointing. And, and look at yourself, whether it's a crisis in a relationship with other or a crisis in relationship with yourself.
0: One of my favorite people in the world, Sam knows, is, um, a woman named Cindy Chavez, a former co-host here on the show. She's mm-hmm. a life coach and, uh, she made a really insightful comment one day on one of the, one of the episodes. She said, we are in relationship with everyone and everything. Yes. Ooh, she's not wrong. Well. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> And when you think about it that way and then address what you were talking about, how important it is to iron out the wrinkles in those relationships. We have lots of relationships to iron out wrinkles on. And yeah. the more of those we look at, the more of them the more that we engage in ourselves in, the more opportunities there are to unravel them and to unwrinkle them and to to smooth them out. So it doesn't really matter if you're in a marriage or or even in a long term relationship. Like you say, you have your relationship with yourself, you have your relationship with your friends, with your employees, with or, or bosses, you know, Fellow coworkers, um, people in your family, friends, associates, anybody that you met on the bus. I mean, literally it's everybody where we, ha- and that's just the people. <laughs> you also have the relationships with your house and with your car and with your computer and with your phone and with, I mean, there's just, the, there's like an endless list of things that we have relationship with and every single one of them has their own challenges. I just love that.
2: Yeah. You know, Walt, as I heard you share, um, you know, we're in relationship with, I think you said everything and, and everything and everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the quote?
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that. um, it makes it, me think. It, I, about... I change love it a little bit every time. So, you know, don't worry about the exact wording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did we lose you? Shannon?
2: Oh no, I think are you I think I'm having some internet trouble. Are you having internet trouble? Oh.
0: No. Oh, no. Not noticing any at this end. I I'm, I'm not,
1: but I did the last
0: couple episodes. So Yeah, poor Sam was just getting bounced all over the place. It was just rough. <laughs> oh no. Are are we coming through on your end? <gasps>
2: Walt, are you there?
0: We're here. Oh, are you we, we hear you. Do you hear us?
2: Oh no. <laughs> oh no.
0: All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a little uh, message to her in our private chat. Log off and log on again.
2: Um, you're coming in and out. Go. I'll just, I'll, if
1: you can hear me. I'm... Oh,
0: yeah. She's got def- definite connection issue going on there.
1: Oh, uh, nuts and bolts.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll give her a minute to reconnect. I'm sure she'll figure out she's got to reconnect. So th- that'll happen in a moment. Well, I but, can
1: speak to something you were saying. just go ahead. Before yeah. That. Um, it's just like, um, well, somebody, you know, uh, Luke had given me this idea of like giving our cars names and then just like appreciating them for getting us to anywhere we go yeah. safely and everything. And I, I like that. I like that. And I haven't had trouble getting places. I always had the intention for a safe and stress-free trip, too. But I think between those things, that's making driving not so bad these days.
0: <laughs> that, that's cool. I, I hadn't heard anybody naming cars. My dad used to name all of his cars. Oh I yeah, I do that in a long, long time. So to hear Lucas doing, they're like, "Oh, cool! I love that." Uh, yeah, yeah he too. had a different name for every car. I, I can probably even tell you what most of them are named. <laughs> oh, nice! It, it, including the cars that he had long before I was born. <laughs>
1: oh, nice! <laughs> I love that.
0: There, it, there's a sort of a personification side of that, you know, giving uh right. you know human characteristics to an automobile. But right. like you say, there's also the relationship side to it, and and when there's something about naming the vehicle that enhances the relationship. I'm not quite right. sure exactly why or how I know I saw it in my dad. You may, and I don't know, maybe you've had the same kind of experience, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there, there, there's like an enhancement that, that comes along with that.
1: Right. Right. It's like you're more conscious of it. So you think about it and then.
0: Right. Yeah. More. So Shannon is back. I hope the connection's good <laughs> this time. We'll find out. Uh-
2: look, this is, this is a first. Wow. It always happens. It's like when you take your car to the mechanic and then, right.
0: yeah. you know, yeah. don't, don't sweat it. No, you would not believe the kind of stuff that happens here. <laughs> Tuesdays are usually relatively calm. Fridays <laughs> are the crazy day. Okay,
2: well, <laughs> I'm bringing some Friday energy for you then. There you go. Okay. Woo-hoo.
0: but we, we've had, oh That's my always God. welcome
1: God. on a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. But, but the electronic uh, disruptions that have occurred, you know, I remember one particular time um, I, I had another co-host who, who's no longer on the show named Linda Armstrong, and she was uh, talking about how energy can actually affect electronics. And literally, within five seconds of saying that, she got knocked off screen. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oops. So, and that's just one example. It happens a lot, oh, all different okay. kinds of ways. Yeah. So yeah, you're actually right in the flow. Don't worry about it.
2: Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had something to say, but I feel like you both moved the conversation forward, so I want to. Make well, that's sure okay. That's go still go back to what
0: you were saying. We, we want to hear yeah. what you had to say.
2: Filling in. Well, book. you were talking about the quote about being in relationship with everything and everyone, or some version of that quote, and it mm-hmm. it actually made me think of really a pivotal moment in um my journey. I read the book The Field by Lynn McTaggart. Have you read mm-hmm. that?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I haven't read that one, but I know Lynn and I know The Power of Eight. That's, that's her famous book, but yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think reading the field, it was such a beautiful just affirmation for me around mm-hmm. all the things that I inherently knew or were feeling. Um, I, you know, I don't think for me that I need the science behind it particularly, but to have it laid out in such a beautiful way to be able to say it, like, no, this, this stuff is real. This, this yeah. connection to this unseen energy, right. That we're just talking about that interferes with our calls.
0: Um, I, I, or, I find it to be assuring to know that we have that connection. I, I, I think it's yeah. like grounds you to know it.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. And that was, you know, not, not really the, the move forward that I needed to accept it, but it was, it was affirming to be able to have conversations about it and stand on it with firmer ground. Like, yeah. okay. You know, I hear you might be feeling some resistance to this type of, of talk about the energy of how you show up in a relationship or the, the experiences and how you hold them in your body and how that affects things around you. Um, to have it backed up scientifically was really, was really amazing. And it just made me think of it, obviously, because the field is that connection to everything.
0: It really is. Yeah. And and indeed, that's actually the source of all connections. Yeah. That, that's where they all come in, you know, because all people, all objects, all things, are created out of that energy. Mm. Of course, they're all connected. How could they not be at that point when you understand that part?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that, Yeah, I love that.
0: In fact, I actually changed, I I mentioned this a couple of times on the show, I changed my viewpoint about how the universe works after hearing about this. Mm. The way I used to think about it was, we were humans with other species here on planet Earth, looking out at the stars and, you know, the stars were these cold, distant places and no real life. You know, it's just the, the life is here and we're dealing with this huge expanse. And then I heard and learned about this understanding of how energy works. And my entire understanding shifted so that now that universe is just full of life in my mind. Not just in the stars, but between the stars. The, yeah. the empty space isn't empty. It's yeah. all energy. The whole thing is energy. And then I looked at, back down at Earth and this is all energy. I mean, the rocks and trees are energy. Everything is energy everywhere. And just, it gives you an entirely different perspective on how the whole thing's put together. It's amazing how big the, the difference is.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think for me that comes up, you know, a bit to really the deeper why. And there's a few layers of, of why I feel that, you know, the work you're doing on your podcast or mm. the type of coaching work that, that I do feels like a, a drop in the bucket, but I look at that energy web or that energy connection as a bit of like, you know, like a mushroom system, how everything's connected under the oh, yeah. yeah And I just look at that and it's, it's, um, so beautiful to know that if I, if I go on my soul's journey and, and learn whatever I'm supposed to learn and up level my consciousness that naturally, other people are going to be able to heal without me ever having to touch or speak to them, and that's really a beautiful, a beautiful thing to be able to tune into. Because I feel like we're inundated with so much negativity, right? In which I love, I love the essence of what you're trying to do here. Um, you I, know, I, just the.
0: Go ahead. I gather something from what you just said that, that I'm, I'm guessing here, but I think it's a fairly safe guess. You're, you're, it sounds like you're a fan of the documentary movie, Fantastic Fungi, just from the, the analogy they use there.
2: Man, I haven't seen it. I just you
0: haven't seen it. I oh, I haven't wow. seen it,
2: but I will be watching it.
0: <laughs> oh, you gotta watch that. It's on Netflix, I believe. Oh. It, it, if nothing else, it will give you fabulous computer CGI creation of that network that you were describing that's on yeah. the surface of the planet. It's, it's yeah. just. Really beautiful way they put that. What's it called? Fantastic
1: fungi or
0: fungi, 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 (laughs) however you pronounce (laughs) it. Okay,
1: cool. I'll have to check that out.
0: Oh, definitely check that one out. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff in it. It it gives you definitely a bigger, um, and more improved appreciation of the role that fungus plays in our world. It, it, you know, I don't know what your particular associations would be for myself. I kind of thought it was rather, relatively unimportant until i saw that film mm. when mm. i saw the film i said whoa this thing plays a major role <laughs> like holy cow <laughs> so yeah, yeah. totally right re- totally right re- yeah. re- i'm so i'm a little surprised you hadn't seen it given that you made the uh, reference but that's cool that's all right
2: yeah i would say i'm i would say i'm uh it at jack of all trades lately lately <laughs> aware of the mushroom <laughs> of okay. this world okay but definitely not an expert. So I, I would love to watch that. At, thank yeah, you for bringing check that it up. Out. Yeah, for sure. It. For sure. Yeah.
0: But ca- carrying on with that theme though, of mm. uh, how everything is interconnected. Yes. How do you find that you bring that into your work when you're working with, you know, with men or with couples or families or whatever?
2: Mm, yeah. So very indirectly, Um, you know, that's more at the essence of what's, what's beyond or what's behind and, and beneath everything that I do. I think that, you know, part of the work is helping somebody wake up to, you know, their own inherent wisdom, their own inherent connection, right? These, these awakenings or experiences that um, anybody who I think transitions into a role of serving others with, this knowledge right the the goal is to meet somebody where they're at and help them level up their consciousness so i'm definitely not talking about this very much in an actual (laughs) session but the way that i bring it in is really through you know especially depending on somebody's level of exposure Um, but it's a lot of somatic work it's a lot of unconscious work it's a lot of guiding them into. You know, their own bodies and really connecting with the, the different experiences that are being held there. Um, you know, I say sub personalities likely because I'm not, you know, a psychologist. I am a coach, but connecting with some of those, those things that drive the bus that we may not be aware of. And I think that that naturally lends itself to you know, connecting with this greater sense of, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm going to work. I'm in my relationship. I'm having these reactions. And when you start to slow down and just begin to connect with yourself, you start to feel that frequency come alive and you start to naturally connect with the frequency around you. So I would say that that's how I bring it in. And then Mm -hmm. as somebody goes on their journey, then those conversations may come up.
0: That makes sense. And, yeah. and you've used the word somatic twice now. Yeah. And, uh, I, I want to touch on that for a moment because that's a word that different people can actually have different definitions. I mean, there's like one or two definitions of it, but, but different people can think about the word differently. And I get the feeling you're using it in a very specific manner. So when you say somatic, what are you talking about?
2: Certainly. Um, it's, it's the, it's the actual Physical sensations. So it's the sensations, the experience of the emotions, right? How they show up in your body. So, um, for example, if I'm having a conversation with somebody around, you know, a particular goal that they have and maybe we're exploring, my question is, right? Can you just scan your body or feel into your body for anything that you notice Mm -hmm. that might be in support of or in resistance to um, this particular goal or thought, right? Something's going to come online, right? So it's maybe it's a, a tightening in the chest, a weight, a constriction in the throat. Maybe it's tingliness, warmth, temperature change. And so the way that I use somatic is really helping somebody connect with the felt sense of their body um, and then being able to utilize that felt sense to integrate experiences, expand pleasure, um, you know, work through different aspects of their life. There's so many different ways then that you can build on that. But does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, Because, I mean, the the ways the word somatic typically gets used in in broader culture is more about, you know, yes, it is about the body, but it's more like, you know, physical symptoms in a a body that's sick or something like that. And so to apply Mm, the word in this context, it's a nice, it's a positive switch up, really. And I'm liking that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because when you do that, yeah, it's what, a- what what you're really doing is you're saying, let's think about something that we often think about in negative context in a positive way. Mm. I- tell
2: me tell me more about what you mean there or Sam. Well
0: well, for instance, um if, if somebody describes a somatic illness, they they'll describe the pains associated with it and they'll describe, you know, all the symptomology and so forth. Whereas when you're using it, you're talking about in terms of yes, there there can be you know like you said constrictions or whatever in the body, but there can also be other kinds of sensations. You know, you feel a, a you know a tingling or a buzzing or something like that. And that's perfectly le- a legitimate way to use the word, but it's not the way it's normally used. And because you're mm. using it that way, you're shifting the vibration of that word into a higher vibrational space. And I like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's um. It's certainly used for both. And I, I think I see what you mean there more. We do typically, whenever we do talk about what we're feeling in our body, we're talking about what's wrong with it or right. um, the issues that come along with it. But certainly when I am using it, we're not going to shy away from issues of pain or, or anger or anything sure. like that. We want to feel that too. However, yeah, people, people, we do not create a lot of space in our daily lives via the way our society is constructed or what we're expected to do or how we're raised to really slow down and notice even the experience of, of eating or really tasting something or, you know, we use and throw around words like being mindful or feeling empowered. Um, But what does that really feel like? And how Mm. do you how do you then begin to connect with the experience of empowerment and notice all the ways that that feels to make that a superpower of sorts? So when you are feeling constricted or you are coming up against an issue, then you can tap in into that. Um, so the somatic, I think for me was the most revolutionary space. Cause like I said, I spent so much time analyzing it and in my head. And oftentimes when I work with people, that's where we're at. Um, it's difficult to even be able to connect even for somebody who does yoga or, or things like that. There's still sometimes a true disconnect in the slowing down and feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really powerful.
0: Yes. I, I get and appreciate what you're talking about there. We often have, um, Many coaches on the program and more often than not, they are, their, their target audiences are women. And so it's a, it's a nice refreshing change to have somebody making men the target audience. But the challenge, of course, oh. with, with, um, the, the whole male versus female thing, fee, the, the, the female, I think is a little more attuned to being aware of that somatic side. We males are trained for long periods of our lives to avoid it at all costs. Now that's, a, that's a, a a trend that has thankfully changed significantly in my lifetime and I'm mm. sure it's going to continue to change, but it's still there. And I, I imagine you run into clients today who just have never, the male clients who have never even taken the time to check out what's going on there. They're just like, they're oblivious to it.
2: Oh, I feel like I want to take a deep exhale for this space. Um, it's so needed. And you're right. There have been a lot of changes and it even took me a minute to really realize that. I think that I've always, I've always enjoyed being around men. I've always enjoyed talking to men. I've always had men as friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I went, when I went on this whole journey of healing for myself, it was very much under the space of, female empowerment and really recognizing what it is to be a woman and what it is to have feminine energy versus masculine in this space that we live in and coming to terms with all the things I've experienced in my life from a female perspective. And I, I don't want to sugarcoat it and say that I always love having the responsibility to kind of shepherd this in my relationship. I'm human and I get aggravated sometimes. Um, but overall, I had the opportunity and privilege to really help shepherd this forward for my husband. Right. But then things really changed for me when I had my son, Mm -hmm. you know, I had my daughter first and I think that was the way it was meant to be. So I could Mm -hmm. do some healing on myself and then be Mm -hmm. ready to take on the challenge of raising a son. And it made me look at my husband differently and it made me really start to question the space for men and, like you said, the expectations, the conditioning, um, there's not a lot of room to navigate. I'm not a man. I can't speak to that experience, but from what I see, there's not a lot of room to navigate. And you know, what I find is you have to be strong, but not too strong. It's a lot of, it's a lot of duality. We want you to be this, but not this. And that just became like a space of, you know, when I really and my husband, my husband, luckily he's always fine with me sharing these things. But as we've come closer and worked together, I've seen that in, in a lot of ways he needs a deeper love almost than I do or a deeper connection th- to the somatic. And I see that with my son as well. Um, he, I find that he and in, in our family, he needs more assurance and more connection and more, um, focused attunement than, than my daughter. And I don't know if that's just my lived experience, maybe not all, it can't speak for all male and female, but at least in my, in my experience. And then also with working with men, um, it's, it's just such a needed space. So yes, no, nobody, I wouldn't say nobody. There's a subsect of people that greatly like thankfully are sure. in that space, but yeah. by and large, when I start working with men, it's, it's very heady. It's very mm-hmm. goal-oriented, driven, a very specific direction, and then that's beautiful. I think that that's a beautiful aspect of masculinity, but to try to make it safe enough to have them even dip their toe in exploring mm-hmm. a more vulnerable or gentle side, that that's just not allowed in the traditional space of masculinity, and I find it just such a needed space, and I feel like I could talk about that forever. It's just such (laughs) a a piece to my heart. Like it's just, it's so needed. Um, but yeah, no, they're not, they're not playing in that, in that water very much. Yeah. We need more people to help.
0: Sam's nodding very much, which he usually does, but he's especially nodding today. Right. (laughs) Cause you, you and I, we're, we're hearing, yes, we're hearing all the stuff that we know is true. Right.
1: For sure. Just, yeah. A lot of this kind of makes sense to me and resonates with me. Um, can't think of specifically right? i kind of just lost track of where we were but yeah but, no, I, I but that's like...
0: part of it that's part of that training the training <laughs> does exactly that it blocks it out you know <laughs> you, you learn to derail yeah. any process that goes down that road so you have to yeah. kind of learn to burn some new neurons so to speak you yeah. know, right new right. paths yeah like yeah.
1: You're, in, you're in the present and you're like okay yeah yeah no i'm feeling all this and then like you stop for a you're like wait where was i <laughs> yeah
2: yeah
0: one thing that i remember uh growing up was the first time I encountered a male celebrity who, I don't think it was really what he was trying to do, but he he was the first one to let me believe that it was okay for a male to feel things. Mm. Um, you guys might, might not even know who the, he is. You might know him. I'm not sure. His name was Jim Croce. He was a songwriter oh. and a musician. You know Jim Croce? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, he died in the in the early 70s, so we, we lost him much too early. He was a he was a talent boy. I mean, he he, he could have done what you did, do what you do, Tom, uh, Sam rather. He 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 could just improvise. He could just make stuff up. It was it was just fabulous oh. what he could do, and he was a great songwriter. Uh, but he he he, he didn't actually write anything in his lyrics that said this overtly. But the way he wrote his lyrics and his tunes, and Sam, I'm sure you'll identify with this, the way he, he orchestrated his tunes was so different from the way most of pop music was at that time, that it, it it basically laid a new path and it was being done by a male. But it wasn't like, okay, here's the new path for men. There, there was no message like that. You just kind of subvertly picked it up. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you kind of like below the surface, you, you picked it up. At least I did. I was telling a friend about this just the other day. And it, it it was one of those things that you don't really, you, you, I would never have talked about it. I would never have, you know, said to my, my male friends, Oh, you know, doesn't Jim Croce make you just you know, feel your feminine side or something like that? It just would not have come up in the conversation, but I was still feeling it. And really? I think um, we have a lot of guests who, like I said, work with women, which is great. And they, they often talk about female role models who have helped them or have helped their clients or, or anything along that line. And I keep thinking, where are the male role models? There are some. There are some, we need more of them, but the, when they do come along, I think there are some men who are able to latch onto them secretly, quietly, mm. privately, mm. but they're there and it helps.
2: Yeah. Well, one, i I need to go back and listen to more Jim Croce music so I can hear what you're talking about. Um,
0: it, it's more in the, um, in the melody and in the lyrics, although some of the songs, especially the love songs, they have a very gentle side and that also ties into it.
2: Yeah, I love that. I'm curious who stands out to you as as male role models in that field or in that area.
0: There aren't a lot. There aren't a lot. I, I actually have to think about that one for a moment. Um, yeah, I personally dif- can't
1: think of any myself. <laughs> I mean, different people
0: have different aspects of themselves so in that sense you tend to get role models i'll I'll point to one that i think does a pretty good job in that way jim carrey the comedian Mm -hmm. he he has because of the way he's able to construct his characters that he does both in the movies and and as a stand-up comedian i think he allows his characters to be the feeling males Mm -hmm. And that becomes a, a kind of a role model. Again, not spoken, not I, saying or anything like that, but it just kind of, it, it's it's you know, sort of voce, so to speak. Sam? Yeah, it's
1: like getting by example a little bit. In yeah. A way.
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Let's see. Who else would I point to? Can you you can't think of anybody either, can you, Sam?
1: My dad. That's about Your dad? <laughs> okay,
0: well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. That counts. But...
1: Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, no, he's always often just knows the right things to say and stuff and good person to go for like when you're muddled with your thoughts and gets like kind of cut through the nonsense.
0: <laughs> and I I think that you could probably find some in uh the LGBTQ uh, community because it's a little bit more accepted in that community.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um Although I don't know that community well enough to name a name, so I'm I'm drawing a blank. But <laughs> That's
1: okay. I don't yeah, I'm not the best with knowing who like famous people are in such a right. category, so.
0: Well yeah, I don't I don't even keep up with the popular culture. So if you ask me to name who's, you know, a top ten singer today, I'll go, um <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have <Yeah>. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, well actually I can think of somebody else from my generation. Actually it was a prior generation. Again, it wasn't in anything specific that he said. It was the way he carried himself. And, and it, the way he carried himself led him to being one of the most trusted people in America. And that was the newsman, Walter Cronkite.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Walter would have a way to connect with people that basically said, yeah, there's a stuff going on. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm. He didn't say it. It just that's the way it came across. And that is tapping into the feeling energy. So in yeah. that sense, he was, he was, um he was providing a role model that way and it paid off beautifully. He was far and away in that generation. He was far and away the most trusted newsman on television.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I find, you know, I find that piece that you're talking about, you know, he wasn't saying it. You said it for both examples, right? It's not something specifically that they said no. a bit in the lyrics of the music, but
0: you yeah. know,
2: I, I can't, I don't know. You were both musicians, so maybe this is not accurate, but I feel like. The lyrics absolutely make a difference, but it's the feeling of the actual music coming totally. through, um, mm-hmm. where you, where you sense some of that stuff.
1: Yes. For exactly. sure. Like a lot of people I know have told me that they don't listen to the lyrics as much. It's just more the music and the energy behind it. And then like, even like sometimes I'll listen to songs in different languages because it's like, I don't know what they're saying exactly, but the feeling of it is still very yes. much there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the, the feeling you're, you're giving those examples of it's not what they said. It's, it's how they made you feel either in their presence or through the music. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really, you know, I think that's really what it is. And it's, that's part of the power of the work. I remember whenever I was really kind of in the depths of my initial transformation. I mean, it's never ending. I'm still running into the same roadblocks and constantly going back to do practices and things like that. But I remember I walked I walked up to somebody um, who hadn't seen me in a while and they were like, you know, it was one of those, like, something's different about you. Like you, you just feel, you feel different. Mm. And that's, that's what I find um, a lot with this work. And and also I think just with people energetically who were drawn to it's a, it's a sense of groundedness and connectedness um, to self and maybe that greater, that greater field. But It's like a knowing where you can tell that, and it's not that it's bad to be in your head. I'm thankful that we're able to intellectualize, but they're not not. constantly like, what should I say? What am I doing? Like in, in, in the cycle, it's, it's, they're really authentically coming from uh, like that innate wisdom. I always come back to that, that innate knowing, that innate wisdom of whatever is in a deep presence and, and.
0: It, and that is it. one of the biggest challenges for most males, I believe, is making that connection. I, I know it was for me. When I first started doing this work about ten, twelve years ago, I couldn't connect. Well, I, I was always connected. I just didn't know it. Let's put it that way. Mm. The the yeah. it took me a while to recognize that where the connection was, so to speak. Mm. You no know, that oh that's what that is. Oh, okay. But until then somebody would say, Go within, I'd say, within where? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do because mm. i didn't have i didn't have the the energetic vocabulary i mean i, I could hear the words i i had some understanding of what the what the words would mean but in terms of how they actually played in the body and in the mind body connection and the heart connection and so forth it was it, it's like there was a gap it's like it's like there was a short in the in the electrical system
2: yeah yeah i think that i think that you describing that is is really what I find as well. It's, um, it's very outcome driven performance, mm-hmm. um, you know, am I successful enough? Am I providing enough? Do I have enough, you know, money, cars, clothes, whatever, to essentially win my love, safety and belonging, I feel like is almost what I see. And that, and also I think because, my experience and what I see with people and in our society, right. Especially for, for boys is that we don't give them a lot of room to feel when they're babies either. It's a lot mm-hmm. of like, brush it off, big guy, yeah. you're brave. You didn't, you didn't cry. So you're learning that yeah, to not yeah. feel is the way to get love. And so there is, I mean, for me, it is literally like a disconnect head and mind and body period. Mm-hmm. Um Even though we know it's all one, um, it is a complete, block to where I need to think my way through this. I need to be thinking about my next step. I need to be thinking about my next project or the next thing that I, I do well to get acknowledgement versus grounding in the fact that I'm already enough, just as I am. I don't need to prove anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so absolutely. Consistently, I see a disconnect in that. Um,
0: and by the way, I, I've come to realize I had always had the connection and I knew the connection. I recognized it, but until I recognized it consciously, so to speak, say, Oh, that's it. I discounted it. So mm. what we call a disconnect, it isn't truly a disconnect. It's an ignoring, just ignoring mm. that. Well, that thing, that can't be anything. Yeah. I know that's there. It's always been there, but that's not anything at all. that it, That's what the nature of the disconnect is. It's a denying that it that's important, whatever that thing is. And it isn't until you kind of dive into the thing, so to speak, and start living there for a bit and trying to do your best to feel from there, even though you aren't quite sure what that means. All of a sudden, then perspective starts to shift. But until you do that, you don't even know that there's a perspective to shift. Right, Sam?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, it's like every, a lot of things are a matter of perspective, but if you're stuck in the same one for a lot of the time, then you can't don't even, that possibility doesn't really register with you.
0: Yeah. There's, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. Right. You need a comparator and there isn't one, mm-hmm. but once you recognize at least for me, once I recognize, that's what it was. I remember too, it was actually here on the podcast the first time that I realized that's what it was, that that was the connection. And I said to <laughs> myself, and I think I even said on the show, That, that's just like a light that's always on. It never changes. It never shifts. It's always on. And so that's why I ignored it because, you know, there's no contrast in it. It's just a light. There it is. Okay. Yep. The light's on. Look again. Yep. Light's still on. There it is. (laughs) It, Uh It never changed. So I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it. Didn't know how to interact with it. It certainly didn't fit into the world of, you know, polarity and contrast. Well, actually it did, but I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find a way to make it fit in. So it it must not be important. That was my conclusion.
2: Hmm. What was that experience like for you? You may have talked about it on the show, but I, I'm happy you shared that. Cause that was my question. What did you, what did you do? Oh,
0: what was your experience um,
2: like when you were able to acknowledge it?
0: it? I can't say it was a big experience. It was more like, it was like the light got turned on. It, it was like, Oh, that that's what it is. Really? Oh, I still didn't know what to do with it you No, know, because I never worked with it before. But yeah. that's really it. It was almost like it was a letdown. Mm. <laughs> like, God, it's supposed to be more than that, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I could definitely see where it could be a letdown because it's almost like a settling in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like you're finally going on this vacation. It's like right. just a coming into something. I see that coming into something that was already there.
0: Yeah. But when you start playing with it, Mm-hmm. And, and it takes a while even to learn to play with it because at first it's just kind of there like okay well there it is what do I do now <laughs> yeah. I did, you have no experience playing with it but at some point usually it's because yeah. there's something that that goes wrong something that you know the day doesn't go right somebody you know chews you out about something whatever and for whatever reason that time you remembered the conversation with somebody where you, you finally realized that was the inner being part and so you just kind of do a little quick flick look there just see what happens. And then you get something different. You get a different mm-hmm. feel, a different experience, a different thought, something you hadn't thought of before. And in my case, I actually had to have that happen a number of times. But after it happened a few times, I began to realize, oh, that there's actually a significance to that. I'm still grasping what that significance is, but I can tell it, it's not just the light that's on all the time. There's something about interacting yeah. with that place that actually does have real world consequences.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is, that's really the, I find them. I don't, I want to say magic. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work, Um, but it is, it, it feels so accurate when I hear you say that, right? It's a bit of, it's not like this overwhelming, like a magic moment when you're able to connect with it. Right. But like you said, when you're able to actually start to understand how to use it for both extreme challenging moments and, or, you know, how you're reacting in um, a relationship or, or sex mm-hmm. or with your career, um, you know, giving a speech, whatever it is, that, that is the game changer and it allows you to be deeply connected. It allows you to be, um, and you're knowing confidence no matter what and expand that and then expand that to others. It's, it's amazing. Yes. Right. The magic I, is when you start to play with it for
0: sure. And I like that second part that you talked up, uh, talked about there because what you really were uh, identifying, if I were to group it all is when you're getting high vibe, when, when all of a sudden you're feeling good about something really, really good. Yeah. And then you start noticing, Oh, when I'm feeling good, I'm feeling that. I mean, you always yeah. did before, yeah. but now you're making the association. And so every time that you get to a a high place, then you feel the association again, like, oh yeah, there it is again, there it is again, there it is again. Ah, now it starts to begin to make sense. Now start, you you start to realize that really is integrative to who I am. But you have Mm -hmm. to go through that that long drawn out process if you've been out of touch with it throughout most of your life to go through the whole process over a slow period of time before you finally begin to trust. Wow. That really does. That's always there whenever I'm feeling good. It always feels constricted when I'm feeling bad. Oh yeah. Very consistent. Mm -hmm. That's useful. I'm still not necessarily sure what to do with it, you know, but at least I have that much now and now I'm, I'm starting to build a relationship with it.
2: Yes, exactly. You are building a relationship with it. I, you know, I obviously, you know, but I, I definitely, it is a very slow journey. You know, sometimes I find, and it's normal. We all want everything right now. Like I want to be transformed right now. I want to be in my highest vibration right now. Especially and in the 21st is, century.
0: Right? It's a, it's a it's instant yes. gratification era, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, mm-hmm. the, what has been is what feels normal and safe for your yes. body and your existence. And to expect that to just shift you know, you're know, you talking about deeply ingrained imprints and neural connections and, and all of these things that essentially have to be gently and authentically rewired, and that yeah. takes time and self-compassion. Um, and something that you said about that high vibration piece, I I find, is that it's that, and I think we're saying the same thing, it's also the nuance of that, right? Knowing that you can be high vibe in a shadow state, you can be high vibe uh, yeah. in your sadness, you can yes. be high vibe from different parts of your being and your identity. Um, and it doesn't, you know, I say that because I use very much about high vibration being like positive and mantras and all these things, which I think there's truth to that. Sure. And though it's it's much more complex, much like we are.
0: It is complex. And, and we, you're right, we do have a tendency, male and female, I think. We have a tendency to, to want to simplify things. And so we we, we kind of oversimplify. We say, oh, well, this is, it's always this or it's always that. It's always, okay, this is always about a mantra, but doing this. And well, no, it's actually a mixture. You know, I I have um, one particular co-host on Friday. One of the favorite things he likes to ask a guest, he likes to ask me and and the other co-host is, um, do you have a favorite affirmation that you like to use to do X, whatever X is? And my response is always, what day? (laughs) <laughs> it's different every day. You know, some days I don't even want to do an affirmation. Yeah. I, I always try to do something every day mm-hmm. to, you know, do the connection, you know, meditate on it, uh, do some sort of a practice to help stay in a more positive mindset as much as I can. But I don't really like doing yeah. the same one over and over again. A lot of people do. And I give them a lot of credit and I say, "Whoa, you're lucky that you love to do that same affirmation over and over again. For me, that that would just drive me nuts. <laughs> I just can't do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I would like the nuance too.
0: I think all of us like nuance to one degree or another. It's just part of being human. So give us a little more clue when you're working with, uh, we've been talking about men, but you also work with couples. What do you find the dynamic typically is with that? And again, we're, we're generalizing, so we gotta be a little careful, but what what do you find comes up most often when you're working with couples where the energy is concerned? And I think we just got a screen freeze. Are you there? <laughs> she, you can see I'm the look here, out of her can face. Can you ask me that question
2: again? What do I find? Oh, okay. Yeah. What do I find energetically with couples?
0: Yeah. Okay. There's a quick way to answer. ask the question. That's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're having trouble with our connection today. Oh. Uh,
2: yeah. When, so when I'm working with couples, just to, just to be clear, and I'm so sorry, this is really, I know you experience all these tech things all the time, it but it happens. <laughs> um, can you ask me the question again? So I can answer it specifically no, for what you're,
0: you're wanting. Well, talk about the energetic side of when you're working with couples.
2: Mm, yeah. Well, I, this may be going down a path you're not necessarily talking about. So let me know, but you know, there's, it's both. That's what we've been talking about. It's the energy of each individual coming to the table and helping them um, through their own individual journey. But there's so many fun practices when it comes to intimacy that can be um, based in healing and understanding attachment. It can be based in the energetics of communication. It can be breathwork, focus, intention. Um, there's there's amazing, amazing things, um, to do that you can do individually and then also come together because obviously whenever we're in relationship, those energies are playing off of each other. And so to be able to bring, to bring them into practice of noticing those things and really attuning that helps to increase the, you know, the space of intimacy, understanding and connection in the relationship at large, but then also with more specific things, whether it's how they show up um, as lovers or, or how they show up as co-parents. So it's, I mean, the sky's the limit. I love to play in that space maybe because I've had to journey and continue to journey in that space on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a really beautiful. And I, I think what I find is that, um, in relationships, sometimes we forget the humanness of our partner Mm -hmm. and that they are coming, you know, with their own journey, makeup, lived experiences, and they just get placed into this. This is who I am in a relationship with. This is what I think of you. This is how I see you. And I find that bringing them into the energy of each other through whatever path um, exposes that humanness and really creates just a deep loving connection where people are able to then begin better cycles of actually you know, letting go of who they were, growing into who they are, kind of this death and rebirth cycle mm-hmm. that has to happen especially in long-term relationships. Right. Um so, I mean that's that could be a whole podcast in itself. Well, of course. <laughs> but um that's a bit of what that's a bit of what comes up when you ask me that question.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm also wondering if um I I I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is, but I I I'm, I'm wondering to what degree you find that the understanding, the mutual understanding of the female approach to energy versus the male approach to energy because of what we've been talking about, you know, the, the various societal mm-hmm. strictures that are in place, um, to what degree does that become part of the conversation when you're helping a couple with whatever it is you're trying to help them with?
2: Yeah, it can. It absolutely can. Um, I think David Data's book, The Way of the Superior*. Talks about it really, really well. Talks about those masculine and, and feminine polarities. I often mm-hmm. will bring that into the conversation. Um, but I think, you know, I think specifically when it comes to working with men and really helping them understand if they're in partnership, the female aspect, um, you know, the, the feminine or, and this isn't, this isn't. Cut and dry, right? Everybody is, is a bit different on the spectrum of these energies, but generally the, the feminine is more open, surrendered, so relaxed, right? Ideally, we would be running in fields and, and, you know, laying around all day in community with our sisters and babies and whatever, you know, whatever, tending to the, the space or for, or casually foraging, whatever it looks mm-hmm. like. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the masculine being like, we're going to get, I'm going to get stuff done. I'm, I'm, I'm driven. I am, I'm not harder, but just more, more forceful, but not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, more on demand, more due. And it can be, and that is, what, that is indirectly, right. We're not necessarily talking about energy, but just the space that people need to be in, right. To even have a conversation, um, to be turned on, to, um, receive, uh, compliments, to receive love, Um, all of these things have to be in space because if as a female, I'm completely out of alignment with any, my feminine energy and always making the decisions, always getting sucked on, always running on the lists, right? There's not going to be a lot of room for connection. Um, and vice versa. When I find with the men that I work with who are in relationship with women, and I, I typically work with heterosexual couples, again, that's just my area, but it can exist with, with any type of of partnership, you have these polarities. It doesn't have to be a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely comes up, right? Understanding what a man needs to kind of feel sovereign in his masculinity as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, it does come up, but it's it's so nuanced and so individualized yeah. for a couple. Um, and again, we're not. Ta- I'm not necessarily talking about it so directly. It's it's more indirect through goals and practices and and guiding them through experiences, um, but it, it comes up and it plays a role. And again, just like waking up to your own experience of energy, your own body, they start to tend to wake up to the needs of the other person just through those experiences and then maybe some insight into the energy.
0: Very good. I, I, I like your approach. I like what you're doing for work. And I like that you're working specifically with men. I think it's really cool. Um We're running out of time and I want to make sure we get uh, some information out there. So first of all, if there is a man yeah. or a couple yeah. who are looking for some help and they think that you might be a good match for what they're trying to do, how do they reach out to you? Uh-oh, we get another freeze. Oh, no. <laughs> Give it a minute. Hello? Yeah, the screen just, uh, it yeah was just if so they, oh, if they are. want to, oh, <laughs> there you
2: go. Yeah, if okay. they want to connect with me, um, they can find me at ShannonRenee.com or on Instagram at shannonrenee. Um, that is the space that I love to work in. I love to go deeper with people, um, in, in containers where we're really trying to make changes. It's not going to be a quick fix. Mm. Um, and that's the best way to keep, that's the best way to keep up with me. We're going to journey, okay. journey together. Um, and that, anyway, that's where I'm
0: at. We'll make sure that uh, there's a, a, show, a link in the show notes too, so that anyone who is interested, they'll have a quick and easy way to link to you and find out about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some, something else I want to, I especially want to tell you, I, I know I say this, Sam, every time, but I, I especially want to say this to you. This is a practice that I've been doing now for about four or five months on the show, and I'm, I'm finding it really is needed and uh, it's an area that's basically unacknowledged, and so I, I, I'm i getting excited about doing this every time. But it especially in my mind applies to you because of the work that you're doing, particularly with males. Mm. There are many people, male and female, who have uh, you know they, they they've seen you on a podcast or, or heard you on a podcast or they've read something that you wrote, but you don't know who they are. You know mm. maybe they visited your website, and you never heard from them, but they saw something, they found something that affected them and helped them in some way. And you'll never meet them. You'll never see them. You'll never see what the result was, but you made a difference in their lives. And and we never really recognize that on a you know on a direct, planned method or scale. So, on their behalf, I want to thank you for what you do to help the Mm. ones that are the unseen. That that you'll never meet them. You'll never see them, but you touch their lives and you continue to touch their lives. So, on their behalf, thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. That is a beautiful, beautiful piece and gratitude back to your yep. space as well. I think just trying to bring happiness and joy or up leveling anything to somebody's day is a beautiful space. Um, so thank you. Thank you both.
0: Thank you very much. Sam, Sam brings the space every single time. <laughs> he, he's like, I can see like nice that. From from the moment he comes on screen, I mean, most people, it's a podcast, so 99% don't see him on screen. All they do is hear the audio.
1: Oh, yes. So so I like
0: to tell them this so they know this. Every time Sam's on screen, he has a big smile. Most of the time, whenever he's hearing something he likes, he's nodding his head, he's getting really excited, he's bouncing around. I mean, it's the perfect male energy as far as I'm concerned because it's just, it's free form. Yes, here we go. All right, let's go for it. This is wonderful. This is connected. This is excellent. That's the energy that Sam brings, so. Yeah. To do so <laughs> on, on behalf of the audience, thank you for the energy you bring to Sam. course. Well, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and thank you also to our podcast listeners because without you, hey, first of all, we wouldn't have a podcast. And I mean, I've been doing it, Shannon, I've been doing this for 10 years now. I'm still amazed that I have listeners <laughs> and I have a lot of them and they just keep coming back. We must be doing something right. So I really do appreciate the listeners. Thank you very much for c- continuing to listen. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>